Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that may be helpful to accomplish our purpose. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the B-Side Podcast. My name is John Robinson. I'm one of the pastors at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And my name is Matt Luloyan. I am the other pastor at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and John, welcome to a very dreary, sleety, Pennsylvania December Monday morning. Mm. Mm. Just warms your soul. Thinking it about does. It. Yeah. No, I. Uh, it's not quite snow where you can like do the picturesque, you know, fireplace scene and that kind of thing. It's kind of just the dreary half snow sleet type stuff. These are all of the uh, the photos or the the footage that gets cut during mm. these movies. Yes. Yeah. This, this is like Christmas this was on vacation. Our, this was on our recruitment video when we brought you up here from Florida, though, right? We gave you a full yeah. realistic picture of, yeah. of how Pennsylvania Come. weather treated you. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was the thing that really got us. It really was. You're just like, like I can't wait for these days. Do you like Lamentations? <laughs> Come to Harrisburg, Come Pennsylvania. To Pennsylvania. <laughs> Got lots of that for you. We're going to shut everything down and have sleet. That's right. So, that's cool. Huge uh, props, though, to the men currently, well, I guess they're off the roof now. They were on the roof a couple minutes ago True. working on the heating units that have gone down and were leaking gas in our building yeah. uh, last weekend. We had a quite, quite an eventful Friday evening. Corey and his team saving the day. Props to Corey at D&T. There are, there are like non-sponsor sponsors. They're getting a, they're getting a spot from they're us today. They're getting a spot. And uh, they did it. Man, they were up there on the sleet and um, figured out what's going wrong and yeah. hopefully get all, all sorted out this week. Yeah, grateful for those guys. And uh, hopefully we'll have some, some heat this week. We're going to need it. Yes. Um, it's going to be a lot colder. It's not going to be in the 50s in December anymore. Nope. We had so. a, yeah, it was a good week for the, for the heat to go out and the, heat, the, the gas Absolutely. to get shut off last week. Yeah. No, it's, it was good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we pressed on in our Advent series and uh, talking about Jesus as, as prophet, priest, and king. And, um, John, two weeks ago you, you yeah. ta- tackled Jesus as king. Mm. Yesterday I got to talk about Jesus as prophet. Um, so a couple more weeks, really, one more full week in the series, right. and then yeah. we'll kind of try to pull it all together on, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think. I think these offices that uh, that we've been talking about are are so important. And, and there were some distinctions, Matt, that you made yesterday about like um, prophet and prophecy. Sure. Um, so I would say, like, you know, as we, we kind of live in a day of like, um, maybe even not just a day. Like, we, we're we're a part of a tribe where like using the term prophetic or prophecy um, is. Uh, it's not really embraced as as much. No, it's not. And that we didn't even get to really tackle a whole lot of that um, yesterday in, in terms of like the spiritual gift of prophecy, mm-hmm. uh, or even um, for example, um, what do you do with the what's sometimes called the fivefold office of leaders in the church in the New mm-hmm. Testament, where um, it talks you know Ephesians four talks about how God gave some to be apostles, prophets evangelist shepherds and teachers Mm -hmm. and um what does that look like in the first century and what does that look Mm -hmm. like today and how much continuity and discontinuity is there you've got a whole spectrum of perspectives on that uh in our tribe and other tribes cessationism non-cessationism yeah you've got um you've got all of that 
I, I do think there, I, I think we can probably be too skittish about aspects of that. So I wanted to yesterday at least clarify that it's not on us to be prophets in the same way that it was prior to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That it's not on us to um, to to try to predict the future, to, to try to get some <clears throat> right. kind of like, to open up our paper and our Bible, you know, have one in each hand and kind of go, okay, well, because this world event is happening, that means tomorrow this is what's going to play out. Right. And especially, yeah. you know, the, the crazy predictions of the end, the end of the, the world or the return right. of Christ. Right, right. It's also not on us to have to to have to answer the why question or the what is God doing specifically mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. for our own lives or for other people's lives in any given moment. When we pull right. back and we're like, what is going on? We're, we can actually be content to just leave it at that question and at the like, this somehow belongs in the realm of, of the mystery, the mysterious will of God and, mm-hmm. and what he's doing that he hasn't yet specifically <clears throat> revealed. Yeah. There's just a lot of freedom in not having to try to figure that out. There is. Now that's so. I think that's important, to, and, and certainly then not to 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 say uh, to put the the burden upon people of saying things like "Thus says the Lord." You know, God told me, John, to tell you that mm. you know here is the next thing you're supposed to do with your life. Like for yeah. for 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 us to say words like that um, puts a, a weight behind our words that is, I think the vast majority of the time inappropriate because we're, especially when it's going, certainly when it's going beyond what God's actually said in scripture mm-hmm. and it's getting into yeah. more of the like circumstances of your life. Yeah. When we start to do that, <laughs> it actually just ends up being really manipulative because now it's got, yes. now it's got this like, Oh, what am I, well, how am I supposed to say no or even push back at all to what God <laughs> said? To yeah. You? No, I, that reminds me of Bible college, man. It really does. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you, you've, you know, you've ex- had some of these experiences as well, but yeah. like, the uh, the old line in Bible college for those of you who who never had the joy, nay, I say the privilege. Is joy the word that we're, that you're to uh, okay. to attend a Bible college and have uh, certain individuals approach other individuals, mostly men approaching young women, oh man, and saying the Lord told me that you and I are going to get married someday, yeah, or. Um, I have a word from the Lord. Yeah. That that you and I will be married. Yeah. So we should probably go out on a date. You, you know how to fix that. In the in the Old Testament when prophets were wrong, they were stoned. They, <laughs> right. If it didn't happen if if, so if she like, says no if she says no, that guy has to die right there it, on the spot. I mean that's, that's it. <laughs> There's I'll take care of that problem. Someone's gotta learn a hard lesson. <laughs> And then it's over. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, that's where Tommy died. Uh-huh. He was stoned to death for being a false prophet. He told this girl they were going to get married. She said no. She on the said spot, no. On the spot. And that was it for Tommy. So all the professors came out with these giant stones yeah. and just killed him. This could be fixed quickly. We just, you know. Yeah, but they just let it perpetuate. It's really sad. <laughs> One girl said yes. Oh, One man. girl said yes. No. Yep. Yeah. So it's just it's that kind of like yeah. It's it's those those abuses of. Um, and manipulations yeah. that I think so many times are like triggers yeah. um, for us to even just completely write off, you know, the idea of a prophetic voice, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and sometimes even you know in scripture and going like, well, we can't we can't be clear about that, yeah, um, because you know it's you know we haven't seen these things happen, right. And that, and I think that is the that's there's a freedom to that. I think our tribe can be too skittish about the role of maybe what I would call um, you know lowercase p prophecy, mm-hmm. where where God gives you a passage of scripture or God gives you a particular insight 
or God gives you even um, some even a phrase worded a certain way that just really blesses and encourages someone. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's not going outside of the realm of what he's revealed to be truth in his word. It's not just kind of taking something external to that and making it God's word. But I do think there are those, and and thank God for them, men and women gifted in the church of Jesus Christ that that have that gift Mm -hmm. and are able to to just, with a lot of insight and clarity, apply the truth of God to a, a particular situation or to a particular person in a way that just is incredibly powerful and, and of yeah. the spirit of God. And so I, I think that's where I would encourage people from, you know, the, 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 the average person that kind of runs with the tribes in which we run is going to probably be laughing with us about the Bible college crazy stuff, right, you know, right. um, but probably also a little skittish to, to lean into what I'm talking about right, now. Right. And I just would say, you know, let's, let's also not... Um, Let's not diminish what the Holy Spirit can do in the hearts and minds of, of those He indwells yeah. to really open up um, to really open up these kinds of insights and these mm-hmm. these words of of great truth and encouragement and at times rebuke and um, that that really have a prophetic mm-hmm. uh, edge and element characteristic um, yeah. to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jesus, as 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 our as our prophet. Matt, the um, passage you used yesterday, John 8, Hmm. uh, talking about truth um, and Jesus being our truth, right? Being the truth. Yeah. um, And not, not, uh, uh, you know, know, uh, speaking your truth. You know, you kind of got in, you got into some of like the, the the modern day vernacular of, of, uh, of our day of um, my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of. Why did that? Why did that for you? Um, when you're reading through John and reading through what Jesus is saying, uh, how did you find those things to be in, in such conflict? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it just really dawned on me studying this text and, and these other passages in Scripture about Jesus as prophet. Really, I mean, how much of a gift God's revelation of Himself is. I think. What I experience in my own life is that my, you know, um, I don't buy into this this perspective of thinking. But if I if I did, and I were were approaching life as to what's true for me, what's mm-hmm. my truth, um, man, there, there's times when that just feels really appealing because it's like kind of do whatever you feel like you you want to do. What would make you happy in that given moment? Yeah. What well, no, be, nobody can contradict you, and no one point. can contradict yeah. you, right? And so then you, yeah, like you don't have accountability. You don't. You have this autonomy. At the end of the day, that that existence is miserable. Because because what I I think I've just lived enough life and been involved in the lives of enough other people now at this point that I just um, I just I recognize that I need something more than me at the foundation of life. Mm, mm-hmm. That there's just there's just a, a reality to because circumstances are going to be what they are. Because my perspective on any given day is going to swing wildly from, man, I'm really encouraged about how things are going to like, man, there's some stuff that's just not going well and it's really hard right yeah. now. And take it down in a minute. Yeah, and and news like that comes in a hurry. Um, Gosh, just devastating news comes all the time if mm-hmm. you're involved in the, the lives of a number of people mm-hmm. to where you just you need something more than your own perspective and your own senses and your own circumstances right. to stand right. on. And so it, it just really came to the surface for me again. Like I can take for granted the gift that that revelation of the truth, that there actually mm-hmm. is something beyond just 
my truth, your truth. Right. What's true yeah. for me is maybe or maybe not true for you. There, mm-hmm. there really is something rock solid underneath that. Some, some external to us plumb line, measuring line against which we can actually say, mm-hmm. okay, how do, how, how do, do my circumstances, how does, you know, the empirical data, how, how does, do my five senses line up against what is the truth? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, those other things can, can lie to me at times too. Right. I mean, certainly Absolutely. circumstances and perspectives can lie to me. Absolutely. The, the need for, uh, for absolute truth um, is, yeah, like you said, it, it is the plumb line. It's it's the it's the bearing in which we uh, we 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 have to have in order to to find our way in life. Yeah. Um, and in so many ways, I think we've taken some of these social issues and we've turned them into, um, you know, obscure truths. Or there there isn't an absolute truth in like <clears throat> talking about like the value. Of human life, talking mm-hmm. about um, sexuality, talking about um, even like uh, some of the educational models that are out there. Um, you know, there, there there needs to be absolute truth for for a society to function. I think, yeah, um, because there are absolute truths. Yeah, um, and for us to not recognize absolute truths um, is uh, can be devastating. And it's really, it's yeah. it really just comes from naivete uh, of us not wanting or desiring someone to to challenge our feelings on a situation yeah um and i think that's that's what that's what can be dangerous which is also why like not only do we need absolute truth we need people to speak into our lives yeah uh we need to be willing to be wrong sure absolutely right we need to be willing to be corrected and be rebuked um when when we err Mm -hmm. you know and and so like that's what the community of of, of God is for. That's what, that's yeah. what the church is for. Yeah. Even theologically, um, so that we can keep each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Look, Saint Nicholas did not punch Arius in the face <laughs> at the Council of Nicaea uh-huh. for no reason. Uh-huh. Right. We were we were recounting that- we were recounting the goodness of old Saint Nick as we were looking at lights on uh, I think it was Friday night with my kids. Nice. So it's like homo usias, like not homo eosias. So important, uh, important things we yeah. were teaching our children. That's um, right. Not not of a similar substance, but of the same substance. Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Christmas. It wouldn't be Christmas in the Robinson household if there wasn't a reference to to Saint Nick punching Arius in the face. That's, oh, that is absolutely true. <laughs> Along with watching Christmas Vacation, that's nice. we do recount uh, Saint Nicholas uh-huh. punching Arius every right. single year. No, I'm, I'm waiting for the yeah. day like my kids are teenagers and they're like, "Here it comes! Here it comes! Here comes Dad! He's going to tell us talking about, about talking about that eye." Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know. And so like, yeah. And so like, the, we need people to correct us when we err. Right. That's um, right. And and if we need to we need to be willing to do that. That's mm-hmm. some of the conflict. Even like we were talking about like two weeks ago mm-hmm. is like we need we need to have conflict. We need to be willing to have conflict. Sure. Uh, we need to not like seek out conflict. Yeah. Um, for the sake of like just fighting with somebody, yeah. But to really love people because truth exists, yeah. um, We need to be willing to step into those situations and yeah. and speak truth in love, yeah. Uh, but speak truth, yeah. And it, yeah, that's that's exactly right. I, th- I think too, just in terms of um, you know practically how to navigate this in our cultural moment and in conversations and relationships with people, um, 
no one is a consistent relativist. Oh, so like, sure. so yeah. we buy into relativism. You know, that's kind of a that's an accepted kind of cultural perspective. Mm-hmm. No one's a consistent relativist. So even someone who says there is no absolute truth, there's my truth and your truth, is but, making an absolute statement. So no, so so you, you just can't avoid uh, the perspective that you have. Um, you th- th- there's there's an absolute underneath every every approach. And so, and if we can absolutely, absolutely, and if we can, if we can point to that and help other people point, you know, see that in in their own in their own lives, particularly those that really do buy into relativism, mm-hmm. um, it at least levels the playing field to say, like, you think I'm backward because I've got, I because I do believe in absolute truth because I believe there is the truth and not a truth mm-hmm. or, or some different kinds of truth. Um, I think to help them see that they they actually think the same thing. We just have different definitions of what the truth is. That yeah. that can lead you into good discussions about how we know truth and, right. and how we know what we know. And, and is there something yeah. beyond beyond our five senses? Is there something beyond our circumstances and yeah. gut feelings? There's a sixth sense, and they made a movie about it. There's that one. There's yeah, that one. It was fat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> It's it's been long enough. You can, it's the spoiler. No, spoiler alert. Yeah, the yeah. spoiler alert expired like at least a decade ago uh, on that one. At least, uh, yeah. No, there there is, and, and I think one of the things as, as Christians, what we've come to realize and and know and and hopefully live out is that who informs our absolute truth? Who is the one who informs absolute truth? Yeah. The one who created truth. Yeah. Uh, the creator of the universe, yep. who's revealed himself through his word, and, and ultimately through his son, uh, and 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 reaffirms that constantly through the work of his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's and right. So um, I think that that's that's why we can, as Christians, have confidence mm-hmm. in in the prophetic message of the gospel. Yeah, um, because it, it's true. It's yep. true because the creator of the universe. Has said that it's true. Yeah, um, and it honestly, like, yeah, I mean, it defies. It can defy some aspects of like what we find to be comfortable, but mm-hmm. you can't find error in it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's and that's the beauty of uh, even for for me as as I've searched out like earlier in life, like wanting to make sure that what I believe is really what I believe, not yeah. just something that's been fed to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've searched out and, and looked at different religions and different philosophical uh, lifestyles, and mm-hmm. and none of those things, f- for me, um, I never felt like there was there was um, truth in them. Yeah, uh, I always saw like this certain aspect of it that was manipulative for me. It was mm-hmm. it was something that was um, kitschy. It was it was self serving in a way, um, and and Christianity for me is so counterintuitive and the way Christianity um, developed over the years it had to be had to be worked from from outside it had to be a, a divine um, you know starter yeah and sustainer in that so yeah there's yeah and, and I think you know there, there's the subjective and there's the objective experience of that too so mm-hmm. you know what what kind of feels off or, or yeah on the so on the subjective side you're talking about they're like this just feels like it's manipulative it, it kind of feels like it's not connecting the dots logically or you're having mm-hmm. to take a pretty big leap yeah. uh, on the objective side and especially any of those who you know might be listening or have loved ones who are listening that really do wrestle with Christianity as truth and say I, I just can't get there I just don't yeah. see that that being true um the the I mean the best starting point because it is such a um, 
a black and white, a yes or a no objective type thing is the resurrection of Christ. Right. And it's like either he rose from the dead or he did not rise from the dead. Right. And and that's how you answer that question is in in my um, experience, you know, um, is is like the the right. Um, it's the beachhead, you know. It is like the it's the sharp end of the of the spear to say like start there. Mm-hmm. That that opens up that really opens up everything else. Like mm-hmm. it, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then why would you worry about all this other stuff? Because yeah. the whole Christian faith hangs on. That's what Paul says. Yeah, yeah. That's First Corinthians fifteen as well. Like yeah. when he talks about things of first importance, he goes on to say like if. If um, in Christ, you know, it's only for this life we have hope, and it's, there's not a resurrection of the dead of Christ and then of right, us, right. we're to be pitied more than all people. Yeah. And yeah. so, start there. I mean, that really is um, that really is the the linchpin. That really is the hinge mm-hmm. on which the rest of it of yeah. it turns. Yeah, because if if Jesus did raise from the dead, all of his statements then have a significant value mm-hmm. uh, greater than any others any other truth statements that have existed yeah and so what does jesus say about himself uh what does he say about who we are what does he say about eternity what does he mm-hmm. say about heaven and hell yeah you know um i think those are those are so um yeah the 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 resurrection is the lynch it, it is the linchpin like you said matt like it's it's the thing that we we hang everything on um because if he didn't raise from the dead then why worry about the rest? Why worry about the rest? Exactly. You know, our, our faith is in vain. Yeah. You know, um, but I mean, yeah, I would say for sure, like that is that is the thing to to push people to, and it's the thing that Paul pushed people to. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's that's why we celebrate Advent because mm-hmm. we believe that He did raise from the dead. Yeah. Um, and His birth matters then. Mm-hmm. Who He who He is. You know the one substance of the Father by through whom all things have been made. You yeah, know, this is this is this is Jesus the Christ. Yeah, it's and good. so he's he's a he ch- he changed the world. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. There's um, D. A. Carson wrote this this book. It was originally I think a um, an address, a, a sermon, a message that he gave uh, about being prophetic from the center. He mm-hmm. talked about the need to not assume the gospel and yeah. to. To, to be really primarily prophetic about the gospel itself. And, and about that point in particular, about the resurrection, he said, it was it was some years back, but a church leader, uh, I think he was an archbishop, but I can't remember of what specific group from Australia, though, uh, he was asked, you know, kind of in a famous news interview, hey, if it was proven tomorrow that they found the tomb and it was proven beyond, beyond a doubt those were the bones of Jesus, um, would that matter for you? And he said, no, because Jesus has risen in my heart. Like, that's what matters. I've got a subjective understanding of that Jesus is, is he's alive in my heart, and, and so the faith matters. And um, and D.A. Carson wanted to point out, like, he's he put himself in direct opposition to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, who said right. what we're talking about here, that you're, if, if that were proven, then we'll all go home, we'll close down Liberty Church, we'll probably yeah. be really hopeless in the world. I don't know what, I don't know. It's hard to even fathom what that would look like at this point, I guess, but um, secular humanism. Here I come. I guess that's right. Yeah. I mean, like, or what just, else, or just like anarchy and chaos. Cause like, why, but sure. like, why bother why, with why secular humanism? I don't know. Right. Like it. Um, yeah. So I, I, I and, and even kind of piggybacking on that, I, in, in terms of what does it look like for us to reflect um, this prophetic work, prophetic office of Christ as his followers in the world, 
I would really commend that to you. Um, some resources on the Gospel Coalition, D.A. Carson's. Uh, it's an it's, it was created into like a PDF, like ebook type thing called Prophetic from the Center. And really, all he does in it for the vast majority of it is unpack the gospel. I mean, because it, it, the point there is, um, it's easy to sound prophetic from the margins. And so by that, like, for example, in our day, it's easy to be a Christian who kind of assumes the gospel itself, who assumes the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the things of first importance, and, and skips over that and goes right to, okay, well, here's a justice or a mercy or justice cause that I'm passionate mm-hmm. about. And that's what I talk about all the time as a Christian. Or it's easy to talk about, um, you know, gosh, in our day, where are we at? There's some people that kind of go all in on the social justice issues and causes. That's what it means to right. be a Christian. There's some people right now going all in on the individual liberties and freedoms about vaccines and masks. That's what it means to be a Christian is to stand up against Caesar. Um, okay. It's easy to sound prophetic. It's actually easy for, for those of us that are wrestling with what to do and how to navigate these days to like be swayed back and forth potentially by that and go like, well, I guess I really need to shut the whole world down. Or I guess I really need to like fight really hard against the governing authorities. It, it, it's easy because those voices are so passionate. It's easy to sound prophetic. Like maybe they know something I don't. Mm-hmm. And what Carson's whole point in that perspective is be prophetic first and foremost from the center. Don't assume the gospel. And if what you're being prophetic about is pushing you out to these margins where the battles you're having are not about belief and unbelief, conversion, you know, life and death, you Mm -hmm. know, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of Christ, Mm -hmm. um, man, wake up to what you're, what you're pushing, like wake up to the, to what you're emphasizing Get back to the place where you are regularly talking about who is Jesus, mm-hmm. what did he accomplish, what is the gospel, mm-hmm. and what does it take for someone to enter into his kingdom and experience forgiveness of sin and experience reconciliation. Right. Like, get, yeah. Live there. And if you have opinions about other stuff, great. Just make sure it's really evident in your own heart and to everybody else you come in contact with mm-hmm. what actually is the, is the most important thing for you. Like, Make yeah. that the loudest part of the, the prophetic work of mm-hmm. and the way we reflect Jesus as the as the prophet. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and and that honestly like what that does is that models models the the life of Christ. You know, um you know, Christ cared about other people and he cared about, you know, some some of these other issues, um, but his life was defined by who he was. Yeah. He constantly comes back to the resurrection. He constantly comes back to um, him being the Christ, and so, um, yeah, like he he cared for the you know he cared for the poor, he cared for the marginalized, um, you know he he spoke to you know what to do with with money and, and who to give that to. Mm-hmm. Like there are aspects of that that he spoke into. His primary ministry was to reveal himself. Yeah, uh, and our primary ministry as Christians is to reveal who Christ is. Yeah. That's right, um, and to to get swayed and to get impassioned about other things um, should never come at the cost of us being passionate about and and conveying in our message the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if we've really if we've really and here's the thing, Matt, like if we've really based our life on that, if we really base eternity on what we believe, yeah. If we don't really base it on that, if we're kind of like, hey, like that's a really good thing that I'm just going to kind of tap into just in case. Sure. Sure. Get impassioned about something else. Right. Right. But if this is really true, yeah. If this really matters, and you're and you're basing your your eternity on this, yeah. This need, this has to be the focus. 
That's this right. has to be the central message of what we do. And, yeah. and that, um, man, I think that changes everything for us. Yeah. So, so God help us that we would be people mm-hmm. um, who are prophetic mm-hmm. about the gospel yeah. from the center, speaking into to all areas of life. Yeah. Um, and let there be encouragement to to you guys who are who are listening. Yeah. Um, to do that, to to maybe shake yourself out of some of the distractions and some of the uh, the impassioned voices that are speaking into your life right now, and go, hey, look. Even in a time of, I think, an opportunity for us during Advent to refocus in on mm-hmm. um, who it is that we believe in, why we believe this, what Jesus has come to accomplish on our mm-hmm. behalf. Like, let's shake, let's wake ourselves up a little bit yeah. here and go, what are we really, what is our mission here on earth? Yeah. As, as citizens of God's kingdom, as those who have received the truth, and who are given the truth to speak the truth, mm-hmm. like, let's do that. Let's yeah. do that well, yeah. not just in this season, but because we know and we have seen and experienced maybe in a, in a uh, more acute perspective mm-hmm. during this season, yeah. the lostness of our world yeah, and the need for the gospel. Yeah. I think that that could be for us um, an opportunity to wake up. Yeah. Wake up and really have Christians focus in on what is truly of first importance. Well said. Well said. That uh, that seems as good a place as any to to wind it down for this week and come back next week to talk about Jesus as priest, which is the other yeah. beautiful beautiful piece of this. He holds all these things together. He's yeah. he's the uh, the king and the prophet, and as we'll see next week, the, the priest as well. Yeah. No, it was good being with you guys. Uh, thanks for listening, uh, and we will uh, yeah we'll, we'll catch you next week. Sounds good. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.